Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Boost Mobile brings you back to school with the hottest unlimited plan available. A plan that saves you up to 50% compared to Cricket and Metro Unlimited plans. Get a single line for $25 per month with unlimited data, talk, and text on America's largest 5G network. Come to our back-to-school event for the good times and great giveaways. And leave with the best $25 mobile value in wireless. Boost Mobile. Get after it. Restrictions apply. And all giveaways are while supplies last. See store for details. China across that eastern side of the Mediterranean, pushing across northeastern parts of Africa too. Could see a shower or two just scraping the north coast of Algeria, northern parts of Tunisia, and then plenty of showers across the heart of Africa, running really across the coastal fringes of West Africa, pushing right up through uh, Sierra Leone, easing up towards the Gambia over the next couple of days. Joining up with the showers that we have on the other side of the Rift Valley, some wetter weather just coming in here. One or two onshore showers just pushing into Tanzania. Notice a shower or two into northern parts of Mozambique. But it's through Namibia, running down across South Africa. I want to draw your attention because we're going to see some pretty rough weather as we go through the next couple of days. Once again, another wet and windy weekend pushing into the Southern Cape by Sunday. A story of love, patience, and pain. What forces me to live in the camp is my love for him. Al Jazeera World follows the struggle of a young couple trying to get married and set up home in a Palestinian refugee camp in Beirut. For the next two months, we shouldn't eat, drink, go out, or do anything. Just save. Shatila Camp, The Price of Love, on Al Jazeera. October on Al Jazeera. China hosts the Asian Games with athletes from across the region competing and celebrating sports. Rigorous debate, unflinching questions. Upfront cuts through the headlines to challenge conventional wisdom. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is expected to address his first party conference as leader with a general election looming and a wave of strikes being held. The broadcast premiere of a new series Exploring the implications of U.S. anti-boycott laws for First Amendment rights. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedu Lansa. Vaccines, that word is familiar, right? Obviously became quite popular in the past years and uh, very popular quite recently when COVID-19 hit us. A lot of skepticism about it. But today we're not talking about COVID-19 vaccines. We're talking about measles, about polio, about 
all the other diseases that children get vaccinated for. Why is it important for cute little babies as young as a day old to be subjected to such pain and discomfort? Well, today I'll be exploring the issue of vaccination in babies and children right here on this show. Do stay with me. I'll be back. so much for staying on the baby doctor with me Bernice Abubedulan. So today we are talking about vaccination in children and I've got Ikuya Nyama with me. She is a nurse midwife at LMS Health and uh, she will be taking us through everything vaccination the most important points you need to know Hello Ikuya, how are you? Very well, thank you I've heard of a midwife, I've heard of a nurse I've not heard of a nurse midwife. Is there any specialty to that? Okay, so I'm a public health nurse okay. and then a midwife Okay. Well. All right. Okay. Those who like books. So that's a nurse midwife. If you're inspired, you can be like Ikea. Now, Ikea, vaccinations are very important um, for babies and children. But why is it so? Why must we subject cute little babies? And some of them are so, like, fragile. And then you have to prick them. And it's honestly, a lot of women feel the pain on behalf of their babies. They watch their faces, they are like that. But they're not the ones taking the injection though. But why is it important for us to vaccinate children? Okay, so vaccination by way of definition is a substance introduced into the body to elicit immunity. So it is important because it goes into the future. Okay. Before the disease occurs, you are given a protection. So you don't even get a disease at all. Okay. That is why vaccinations are very, very important. There are some that are even given in pregnancy. Tetanus, diphtheria is a vaccine that is given whilst the mother is pregnant. And the mother passes some level of immunity to the baby. Okay. And so baby is born and gets to go to a certain stage that he or she takes the vaccine by him or herself. And so... Pretty much vaccinations are the best and safest if mm. we're looking at and prevention has always been the best way. But can't we wait for them to grow a little older? Strangely, as you grow, you're not able to tolerate pain as you are young. Mm. And so most of the vaccines or the pain that they get to experience or exhibit, few adults can take it. Really? Yes. Wow. That is why that's it news is, to me. <laughs> yes. That's why we do circumcision in babies. We do we subject them to all those because 
at that time, they're able to take in more pain than as they grow. Wow. Yes. Interesting. Okay. But um, some babies are left with, I don't want to call them side effects. I don't know how you would term them. Um, one common one is a fever, right? So you've told us that the vaccines are introduced into our bodies to help us fight something that may come up in the future. But how does it work? And why do they leave babies with with, with those kind of high temperatures? So um, vaccines are made and there are two different forms of vaccine. We have the live attenuated where it's just the weakened form of the virus or the organism that has been used to manufacture the vaccine. And then we have the dead attenuated where it's a killed form of the organism that has been used to manufacture the vaccine. Now with the live ones, they, they offer more stronger immunity and then it, it lasts longer. Okay. Unlike the weakened ones. And if, with the weakened ones, you need quite a multiple of doses to get the desired immunity that we want. When a vaccine is introduced into your system, first of all, it starts with a needle prick. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> there are some people mm -hmm. that um, their system is such that and they, are, they can't take it. Yeah. Once a prick goes, yes. And then with some babies, uh, on the part of the ones doing the immunization, if you land yourself in a wrong site, okay. you can injure the child. However, when the antigen is introduced into you, it has to fight something in your system okay. to come up with a desired immunity. And so whatever reaction your body goes through to produce the immunity, usually leave them with a fever or mostly what we call the adverse uh, events following immunization. And as I said, it is expected, but with just pain medications, they are able to overcome it. And mm. Now, there's something interesting um, that I encountered. And, you know, when a child is born, there's, there's the one that is offered almost immediately. And then over the period up until they're about two years, they are given different vaccines. Is it possible for a child to be exposed to a certain virus before the due, due period of taking that vaccination? So say chickenpox, for example. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that the child will contract the chickenpox before the scheduled time for taking that vaccine? Obviously. It's yes, because, um, and even you can still vaccinate a child and the child will still get the disease later. Okay. Yes, that's also possible. And so that's why we have outbreaks of diseases. When we have an outbreak on our hands, babies who are not yet due, if you're, you are scheduled for nine months to take measles, rubella vaccine, or yellow fever, and there's an outbreak on our hands, six months old child, when gets exposed, can suffer the disease. Mm. But then when you look at the schedule that has been laid down, that child is not due to take the vaccine. So usually when there's an outbreak like that, those children will be immunized. Okay. We won't wait because there's an outbreak on our hands. So those who are exposed, so maybe say in a certain community, if you realize that maybe there's a measles outbreak, you would want to vaccinate the children it's there? It's not just uh, those that are exposed. Usually okay. measles, um, SIAs are nationwide exercises that we do. When, mm. uh, like polio, for instance, mm. Even if we record one or two cases, we term it as an outbreak, and then it calls for like a reinforcement or mm. a booster doses so mm. that we can get to cover 
uh, quite a number of people who call it herd immunity will mm. give a larger group a certain level of immunity. And as I said, those that have been vaccinated to can get the disease eventually. Later. What cause, why, why is that? So there's what we call seroconversion, where when you introduce the vaccine to the child, the system is unable to produce the desired immunity. Okay. When it happens like that, the baby is still at risk. And so many factors can come in place. Also, there are some medical conditions that may make us delay in immunizing this child. Let's say a mother has HIV and delivers. Because we assume child has been exposed, BCG is to be delayed. Okay. Because when you introduce it and the child got the virus in utero, the child can actually develop the tuberculosis. Okay. Yes. And so you want to look at so many things before you do vaccinations mm. in general. Mm. Yes. And that's why here in Ghana we have the booklet, right? You, we have the booklet and then we... So that's why we've combined the... Hi, Larry Elder here. I never really thought much about how aches and pains can reduce a person's quality of life until pain started keeping me from living my best life. Just a few years ago, using the stairs was difficult because of the back pain. Then I found Relief Factor, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains. Within a week, I was on my way back to being pain-free. Now I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every single day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and the other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better. Move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than a half a million others. Get started today with your three-week quick start for only $19.95. About 70% go on to order more because it worked for them. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Relieffactor.com. Mother's antenatal records with the immunizing because it gets... It helps you to understand mm -hmm. or know the medical history of the mother and to know what to do for the child. Mm -hmm. And in Ghana, um, at birth, we're doing BCG. It's a very long name. So the BCG <laughs> is actually someone's name. Okay. Because usually those that invent the vaccines, we name the vaccines after, after them. them. So Bacillus, Calmet, Guarin, it, I mean, it's a very long <laughs> name. That we have BCG, which is against tuberculosis. And then we have the oral polio. Yeah. A vaccine and we do the O. The child takes four, which is recorded. But usually there are national exercises that comes to add because they are mostly the weakened form. So you need more boosters. So we do the oral polio vaccine, the O. And so the ideal situation is that we have to give hepatitis B to every baby. Mm. Now, when a woman is hepatitis B positive and delivers, because we say baby has been exposed, there's what we call hepatitis B immunoglobulin. In addition to the hepatitis B vaccine, that should be given to the baby to protect the child from developing the disease. Okay, so the general hepatitis B vaccine is administered. And then, and then the immunoglobulin, is, that is the ideal thing. That is mm -hmm. the right thing to do for a heavy positive mother, mother who delivers mm. but they are expensive and so most people do not even do it 
they just do the vaccine, leaving the immunoglobulin. And if the child is exposed, later the child can develop the disease. But at LMS, per our protocol, every baby gets the Hep B vaccine because when a baby is born, a Hep B positive um, staff can actually infect your baby. Okay. And so we want to tread cautiously. When you deliver in America, in the Europe, or anywhere, Hep B is the first vaccine given to every baby. Okay. Yes. And in our book, it is there. I see it. So we do it. But then um, it hasn't been introduced as part of the EPI with the Ghana Health Service no. yet. So, but then I know facilities that, but LMS is our protocol. So we, we do it in addition to your BCG and your oral polio vaccine. I'm grateful that you share this information and it's important because I remember when there was a shortage of vaccines and people were wondering where to access vaccines. Um, they were willing to pay for it because we know with the Ghana Health Service, those are free. And there were people who said, look, I can pay for it. I don't want my child to be exposed, especially to polio, because that leaves life long-lasting effects on, on the children. And so thank you for um, notifying us about LMS uh, provision. of. But apart from the Hep B, do you offer other vaccines as there well? There are lots of vaccines we do. So we go through the routine EPI, which is the expanded program on immunization by Ghana Health Service. So at six weeks, a child gets the five-in-one vaccine, that is diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, hepatitis B, and then hemophilus influenza type B. All these vaccines are put together in one shot. And usually mm. that's what makes them run temperature. Okay. Because we are, I asked the, pregnant, uh, the mother, when you were pregnant, did you take tetanus injection? She said, how was it? Said, My hand was hurting. So mm. I'm like, okay, so take a mental picture with other four drugs having been added to tetanus. Be, oh, that's why they get the yeah. temperature. So they, then they understand. And everything has to do with communication. We... My, Madam, in the like, I'm coming to give your child. A, we expect it. let the woman understand why, because five drugs being put together, obviously there will be some reaction. And then we give the pneumococcal um, vaccine against pneumonia in children, so prevnatetin or the pneumococcal conjugate. And then we drop the oral polio one. Then Rotarix, which is um, against the rotavirus. It's also an oral vaccine that we do. So at six weeks, we repeat it at 10 weeks. And then at 14 weeks, we will do all this and still add the IPV, which is the injection form of the polio, to it. Okay. Per the Ghana Health Service schedule, you are to, uh, baby is not going to take any vaccine until six months, and then they take vitamin A supplements. Yeah. At six months, we do influenza. Mind you, we explain and it's optional. Okay. Because some deliver outside, like in the U.S., they come and they want to continue the American schedule. Okay. So we stock all these vaccines so that, because they, they are spending, let's say, a month or two, and they want to go back. So they don't want to start hours that they cannot complete. Right. And so we, we get all this. And then nine months, you take your measles rubella vaccine. In some countries, they do measles, mumps, and rubella. But our schedule is measles, rubella, and then you take your yellow fever vaccine. We don't do mumps. The children get it a lot. 
<laughs> in fact, I remember there was a time a uh, pediatrician told me, I have an, I have a, an outbreak on my hands because almost all the children are coming with swollen uh, cheeks and jaw lines. So I, I'm, I'm very grateful that you've mentioned it. But, you know, with every vaccine, you mentioned a timeline. Um, if somebody is watching us today and thinks that, oh, I want to give my child the mumps because I didn't get it in the public health facility, but maybe that child has gone beyond the 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 age that you mentioned is it possible for them to access it as well obviously even adults are taking it okay for travel and other school once they're traveling from like a tropics or areas that are prone they will recommend or they will require that you are vaccinated before mm -hmm. you come and so two years upwards that is when i would say that with the ghana health service structure they would have completed and so these additional ones come to add on okay. and though we start at one year 18 months they would still take a second dose of the measles rubella and then a meningitis a but then mind you there are other strains of the meningitis and so two years we do the meningitis that has all the other strains acy and one year we add chicken pox we have vaccine for cholera we have, yes, we have vaccines for hepatitis A, which is more of a, through a foodborne, okay. contaminated food or water, because they are, they've done the B in mm. the 5 and 1. Mm. So mm. we do the A, and then the flu. They start school, and then they are getting running flu mm. all the time. So we do six-month flu vaccination. Inter so they are two. So by the time your child is going to school, the child has a certain level of immunity, mm -hmm. and then 18 months we still do our measles rubella, and then our meningitis A, and continue with every other one that they, they, they ask. I, I'm sure some mothers are saying, oh, where have you been? I've been looking for you. <laughs> the cold, the flu, the kids go to school, and the whole house is down because they bring us terrible coughs and colds. So, um, I'll at the end of the show, I'll be telling you how to get in touch with uh, Nanekia and her team at Elema so that you can get further detailed, more individual you know, care based on your situation. So we don't expect mothers to miss appointments when it comes to vaccinations, but it happens sometimes, you know. Something may come to distract them one way or the other. What is the first thing to do when you realize you've missed your appointment? You don't have to wait. Come. What happens with vaccination is that they are schedules. Sometimes when you delay or when the gap is widened, we do not get the desired immunity that we want to elicit. And so in some cases, like that, tetanus diphtheria, for instance, and I'm very much particular about that because the first dose we give to a pregnant woman gives no protection. Okay. So until you take your second dose, it goes to act on the first one to offer a certain amount of immunity. So if you just t take one and you don't come again, cause 90. That's a tetanus, right? Yes. Okay. Now, when the, the gap widens, in some cases, in some of the vaccines, I, I will let you start all over. <laughs> yes. Chicken pox is two doses. Maximum between six to eight weeks, you okay. should take your second dose. Okay. You are coming after like three months, like 20 weeks. Or what, what will happen to the first one? Because the second one goes to act on it 
to give you the desired immunity. And so if you widen the gap, mm. I'm tempted to start all over. Okay. However, there are still room that okay. we make. Right. So at least each vaccine, the schedule should not be, or the next doses should not be more than, uh, less than one month. Okay. Meaning within a month when you miss, miss you, you can't come. Yes, right. So. right. You don't have an excuse mm. at all. You, you've, you've partly answered the question on what we can do due to unavailability and facilities like yours stock up and so. In fact, we never run short of vaccines. Okay. Even when that, mm. Ghana, we, we always had vaccines. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we, we get people flying from Kumasi to come and take vaccine and go. It's back. important. Yes. It's important, especially for the polio. And I had mothers who came, they were desperate, you yeah, know, know, saying that, hey, polio, dear Miss Rowe, I'm scared of polio. Every other thing, yes, but polio, I, I don't want my child to even <laughs> start exhibiting any signs sign of it. Of so thank you for making that available. Um, so you've just highlighted the importance of, of vaccines to us and how over the years they've proven to be effective in, in, in public health management. But there are some people who still say no. Some religious groupings, for example, say we don't accept vaccines um, or they do not subscribe to it because there are a lot of theories thrown out there, a lot of information on the Internet, people sharing things they don't even understand. Mm -hmm. So today, if somebody is watching us who is skeptical about vaccines or who says that, oh, you people, it's just another way to turn us all into something else. You know, we don't trust the world of science and it's a grand scheme, something, something, new world order, you know, all the theories they throw around. What will your message be to them? So I, if someone was saying this, and I, I was asking the person that we pray, yes, we don't believe in our prayers. COVID came and we're praying, God, give us a cure. God, give us a solution. Now we develop vaccines, and you're saying, yay, they want to kill us. <laughs> and people were dying from the disease, though they were being managed in the hospitals. So I would say that prevention has always been the best compared to curative. When we are exposed to the disease, you can't tell who will survive it and who will not. Mind you, when a child is less than 18 years, the child belongs to the government. And so when push comes to show, there are some ways that the government intervenes because religion shouldn't stop a child from being vaccinated. You as an adult can take that decision. But once the child is under 18 years, it is mandatory. Okay. So it goes to a time, that's how come all the restrictions with COVID and other, because until you put in some force, you won't get it. Mind you, if you, I protect my child by vaccinating, your child is not protected. And then we are, your child gets exposed and brings it to school. My child will be exposed too. And before my child's system will, hey, I have this immunity in me already, my child would have exhibited a very mild form of it before. And we don't want that to happen at all. I keep telling people that since the introduction of oral polio, how many times do we see babies with polio? If it wasn't that effective, why wouldn't we have stopped doing it for, mm. till now? I mean, measles, when mothers call in there, 
I'm taking care. My baby has some rash, and I think it's measles. I said, if it's measles, you wouldn't be sitting on your phone telling me that because measles are deadly disease. I mean, it's a deadly disease, and few babies were surviving from measles infection. So if it is measles as you are thinking, then you wouldn't be holding your baby, being reluctant, calling me that oh, should I come to or, or should I wait? No, vaccines have proven to be very effective. And I mean, we started with six childhood killer diseases. Mm -hmm. We're doing more than 13 now because the others we found out that we can still prevent them. And we are good at preventing. And I must commend the Ghana Health Service because the government of Ghana has done a, a, a human, I mean, prevention, we've, we've done well compared to other countries. I mean, I was talking to one doctor, and then he's like, when COVID came, Doctors now had to be trained to give the vaccine because they're not used to it. They mm -hmm. had a system in place already. But Ghana, we just jumped on because vaccinations, we are good at it. We are good at it because we don't have much, and so we would want to prevent it than having the crisis on our hands because we may not have the system to manage the right. cases, and right. so we always will push for. Give me any day and I'll choose prevention over curative because mm. I may not be able to survive it. Mm. Okay, there's a lot more to talk about, but we'll take a breather here. Go sip on some water. When we come back, we'll be finding out more on what kind of vaccines your child should be taking after the first two years, which is uh, the regular period where the Ghana Health Service is giving you mandatory vaccines the key word here is mandatory you heard it from the public health person not me and also we'll be breaking some myths we'll be doing a truth or myth exercise you don't want to miss that do stay with us Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Today I've got Ekia Nyama with me. She is a nurse midwife at Elimas Health, and we've been talking about vaccination in children. So, Ekia, just before we took that breather, we were talking about you know different forms of vaccines, how people can access, what to do if you miss an appointment, and all that. Um, but what should I be looking at as a mother beyond the two years? What are the other important vaccines that I must, you know, note down to ensure that my child has them even as they grow and develop? 
So, um, children between 9 to 14 years in America are being given vaccine, uh, the Gardasil vaccine, which is against HPV, the okay. human papilloma virus. That causes cervical cancer, like a strain of it, uh, type 16 and type 18. It causes about 70 to 75% of the cervical cancer cases. Now, when we build this immunity, child is going to grow, and before they become sexually active, once they come in contact even with the virus, they are not going to get because they have the immunity in them. Right. We don't have it here. We have it at LMS though, but then parents will still have to ask for it. And then mostly we're doing it for uh, adults who have screened and are negative and they want to give it to them before they are exposed to the virus. Most of the other vaccines, usually from 12 months till the child is about two and a half, or the additional ones we would have done and so once the child starts school we don't have any cause to worry okay until they are maybe traveling outside and then there's a particular or a certain type of additional vaccines that the country may require all that is needed all that is most um, predominant or the disease that are predominant like chickenpox where we can have outbreak like people getting chickenpox we try to take care of it while they are under two years. And so once the child is two years upwards, we don't have much to worry about until they are about nine. Now with a child welfare clinic, or weighing, as we keep saying, is, weighing is just an aspect of the clinic. Okay. So we are actually going for a child welfare clinic because within the clinic, growth is being monitored. That is the weight. We are checking the height. We are doing the vaccination. We are doing counseling. All these things come together as a clinic. Mm. So if you say, I'm going for weighing, it's as if once your child is weighed, that's it, you're you are allowed to go home. No, but that's what happens in most public places. Because now you're saying checking height. I don't know. I've always wanted to ask. And I don't know if you all can relate. <laughs> the weight is checked, though, but the height, <laughs> even at birth, is left blank. I oh, no, the height. So we usually check full length, head circumference. At best, we do it. Mm. Yes, we do it. I have to go and check oh, again. Oh, please no. check. That's one day I know. <laughs> I do, uh, that's one day I said, wife, and having been in the labor world, we chest the, uh, the chest circumference, mm. the head circumference. That, and yes. Poland, that one, yeah. Mm. Oh, I can buy okay. Sebastian Gorka here. I'm living a very blessed life as an intelligence analyst, a national talk show host and author, and I have an amazing family. But like many of us, aches and pains start to interfere with living my best life, even just walking the dog. But I found Relief Factor three years ago, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains, and now I'm pain-free and I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better, move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than half a million other Americans. Get started today with your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. Almost 70% of those who order go on to use it more. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. Please, my I'll bring you my book. Yes. Okay. In fact, my books. So if you come and it's, it's in it. Oh, I owe you lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so we check and then with the weights, for instance, ideally we are saying that by the time the child is one year, the child should gain about three times the best weight. 
and so we monitor the growth pace and then we draw it on a graph mm -hmm. to see how the pace is going because the other lines we don't want the child to, to be fall. on it every six months so your child is five years your child needs to take vitamin a supplement hey yes hmm and every six months every six months and so is that given at public health facilities yes. as well yes it's in the book that red capsule so at six months we give the blue capsule and then from one year upwards we give the red cap so i encourage my mothers that okay it's oral it's just a drop so even if you can't bring the child you come with a book i put it in a drug envelope i record the date and then when they pick their children from school out they just drop it and they they get to so i monitor my clients well, why sure. is the vitamin a important Oh, it corrects any issue on the eye. It's a retinol. And you, we say that what the child is eating, the vitamin A that they need may not be enough. So okay. this comes it's as a supplement, supplement. yes. Because mm. you know they are eating pattern at that time. They don't like certain foods and other things. So at least this will come. And it is like the 200,000 IU, very strong to be in the child system for about six months until a new dose is given. So you don't say, okay, they usually say, I'm done with taking all my injections. So yeah, what, so that's what is it. it? Yeah. No. Mm. Please. So it means in a year you'll be going twice. Okay. Just so the, the child is five, five years. years. Okay. And I, most of my mothers, they are very religious because I'm so much on them. <laughs> and some of them yeah. I even set reminders. I, okay. I go that extreme for them. And so they're like, hey, if I don't go and take it, I'm like, don't call me when there's an emergency. So do this as a condition and then I'll also do this okay. for you. Yes. Okay. I think it's because of the pressure. Because, I mean, you're right. Most mothers would relax after all the injections, immunizations. Uh, immunizations are done. And you feel like, okay, no, those are the serious ones. That's for the other ones. And even checking the weight of the child, you know, a lot of them stop at about two and a half years. Uh, they don't check years. the weight it of the child like again. Just after 18 months, once they are done with the government vaccination, because mostly the vaccinations, the injections, it ends at 18 months. Now they are done now. Mm. Because until we introduce the, even with the malaria vaccine, it still ends at 18 months because it's that six months, seven months, nine months, and then the last one is that once they are done, they are done. Like the clinic is, has ended. Mm. Time no day. Mm. It's either we are starting for another baby. If the mother is pregnant, yeah, Charlie, I know, right? The older one is you get it. So oh, to stand aside. Not, <laughs> so, but then what we are saying is that, and I'm advocating for it that every six months at least your child needs the vitamin A. Mm. They get they they feel so unwell, children, and then they lose weight mm. to gain height. Okay. Then they eat or fill up, and then so you will still want the height to be measured. So when you come, we have a heart chart, and then we, we do it too, so that we, we plot it to see as the pace that the child is going is it correlating with the age? Mm. Because at some point, you're not cons much concerned about the weight of the child, you're much concerned about the total well being of the child, the activity of the child is it corresponding with the age of the child because if you want your child to be a uh, plumpy or how they put it a uh, oh chubby mm. your child can be chubby and wouldn't be hearing okay so when you come we do all these well, assessments yeah. so there's child welfare exactly so when 
there's a sound and the child is not turning towards that direction at a certain age it gives us a concern and it's not just about the vaccination because we are doing a total welfare of this so the developmental milestone of the child in the book you see that at a point the child is sitting the child is crawling the mm. child is walking and the child is running at the age is the child doing that activity mm. and these are basic that you don't really need specialist specialist because we may all not find that opportunity so we should expect that when we go to weigh in as we term it and pair the age of my child the the person attending to me the public health assistant or a nurse or a midwife or whoever it is should at least have the time to ask me those quick questions yes is a child walking is a child talking is a child hearing when you when they hear a sound but we don't get that that's the ideal situation but sometimes you know the workload i mean the overwhelming numbers of mothers and these same mothers don't have time that's so much now to go to the market i mean i worked in a public facility for like 14 years and so i i have i have experience of every area until i still did field epidemiology at masters and then i still ventured into outbreak investigations because then it took me from the, the clinical setting more to the field right to understand how disease outbreaks and how our health seeking behaviors works because you are even asking questions and they don't have the time because there's so much in a hurry to go and sell in the market mm. or something so it, it's it, it boils down to it and then you know how many people have even completed school and are staying at home unemployed i mean if those numbers were to add on it would ease more of the pressures and then we can get to answer some of and the those questions, questions yeah. but we're so overwhelmed and you are conducting the child welfare clinic under some tree somewhere the rains are coming and um, you are yeah. a whole lot and yeah. so it doesn't allow them to really to give the, yes but they, they really want to do it but yeah. when they get a chance they do it i think the other thing is on the flip side as a mother maybe you should express some concern and beyond taking the injection, ask the nurse or the midwife or whoever it is, a community nurse, oh, what should I expect to be seeing in my child? Maybe just a quick chat. And here again, I'll share a story of a woman who went for weighing and was told by one nurse that you've checked the weight, you can go. And she's like, no, you're supposed to give an injection. She said, the nurse says no. But the mother said, I want to cross check. And she says, my child is at this age. And in the book, he's supposed to take an injection. And so sometimes, like you say, probably it was the stress of the day. She was overwhelmed. But it is important for mothers to also make the effort in asking your healthcare provider what you should expect. So I tell my mothers that that book you are holding is not go through it. Mm. Even if you can't read, you can see pictures. Right. Because we've made it so pictorial that danger signs in pregnancy, bleeding, a woman is vomiting. You will see it. Same with the feeding of newborns, same with vaccinations and other things. We've made it so pictorial. So if you see something and you, you are not seeing it, in your, when you come, because mind you, we are also human beings and we can yes. get overwhelmed. Um, there's a story of a midwife who lost her child, uh, oh. I mean her pregnancy, and was back in the labor with two weeks conducting delivery. Wow. Yes. You expect this midwife to give up her best. But 
unknown to you on the other side you don't know what she's equally going through and so sometimes i try to make room because when they come like and the nurses and the nurses the nurses are coming from the community we churn them out with a certain attitude and then they bring it to the world mm. so please take responsibility as a mother too because I have instances where some of my mothers, they prompt me and take care. So when I remember, I tell you ahead. Next month, when you come, I will do this for you. Right. So when it, okay, you said that, mm. okay. so I go through the books with my mothers like that. Right. And I've done this for like 17 years. So mm. when you ask me and I'm even sleeping, I can tell you, okay, check this page for me. Check this page yeah. of this book. Page do this. Now, yeah. Like page numbers. Mm. Do this. Okay, take a picture of this please, and send to me. I'm like, okay, have you seen this yourself? So this is what we do. And then we are all on the same. Right. So sometimes I go into the future with them before they even come. Like, okay, when you come, I'll do this. So if I forget, remind me. Right. It doesn't make you less of a nurse. And it, it lessens your burden because by the time they're coming, due to the emergency on your hand, a client comes and then they are due for vaccination. Another child has asthmatic attack i have to nebulize mm. Mm. at a clinic at a child welfare clinic and some can get within like anything then what happens immunizations can wait by then yes and then we nebulize this baby or save it but communication and you know sometimes if we don't have the answers we tend to be a little bit angry just mm. as mm. a defense mm. mechanism yeah, right. but right. it's not the best mm. i tell my mothers please i don't know this I will ask and get back to you. Yeah. And Auntie Kadia, um, if she doesn't know, she will tell you. Because right. it's better than giving you wrong information. And then we are all on the same page. Yeah, right. I think it's better. Yes. Right. So it's a shared responsibility, uh, as you've heard. It is important that as a mother, you, you are curious enough to know what's happening with your child. And so uh, you heard that you must be interested in the well-being of your child now let's let's do this little exercise right i call it truth or myth right truth or myth the first one is vaccines can make children autistic yes and no it's a no outright answer but i'm saying yes because some vaccines have been a solvent in certain vaccines have been linked to with. Nonetheless, we are saying that autism has to do with more of a genetic malfunction. And so if you're not on the spectrum, if you don't have a trace of autism, it can't go and bring it. Okay. That's, that's the literal. Someone said at a, somewhere that, okay, I did family planning, IECD, and then I developed cervical cancer. But research shows that cervical cancer is caused by a virus. The, a virus. If you and the ICD when we place it in you can last for ten years. The virus when you are introduced can hide and persist between ten to fifteen years before they cause the disease. Now later years when you are found, it is very possible for you to say it's the IED that brought the cancer. Yeah. But then if the virus wasn't there, they wouldn't have caused anything. And so there should be something genetically before this thing can maybe hasten it or mm. escalate it, okay. but it doesn't cause, cause it. Autism. Yes. Right. Okay, number two. 
Some vaccines contain toxic substances. It is not true. Okay. What toxins here means? Mm. Because every it's either the weakened form or the um, the dead form, and based on how strong it is or the way they elicit their immunity and how they the reaction that goes on in the body that's what makes them think that okay maybe it's poisonous covid vaccine came just as you're saying and then people were being hospitalized after everything once it's novel mostly you get some reactions and then we learn because it's a evidence-based practice which keeps going we research into it and then okay let's modify this let's take this out let's but they are they don't contain any Okay, so since you introduced the, the COVID vaccine conversation, some say vaccines contain certain chips or magnetic substances <laughs> that allow you to be monitored or uh, manipulated or controlled. It is not true. But even on the chip, I've always said, hey, but how do you see a chip in a do vaccine? You get it. And then if you are to monitor, look at the number of people that took the vaccine. How do you monitor everybody? Who is going to do that job? <laughs> because you can do... Man, how many people can you monitor at a time? Even on your CCTV, there's still a certain corners and still... You can't get it. So, it's not true. These are all myths. Yes. Okay. So, there's another one that suggests that natural immunity is better. So, they say, for example, allow the child to be exposed to the virus on their own. Influenza. A lot of children have it, right? So the body itself will, it will go through the cycle. The body will build the immunity. They may get another form of a, a flu virus. The body will build its own immunity. The, peop, the people who believe that nature has its own way of taking care of things. So instead of allowing a certain produced uh, vaccine to be put into your system, just allow the body to find its way around it. But then we may not have the luxury because we didn't know who is going to survive it or who will not. Mm. Because if you are talking of, say, uh, measles, a lot of babies were dying from measles. So why would you want the baby to be uh, uh, infected with measles before developing the immunity? If the, that child dies, where is the immunity? Do you understand? So it's better, in some cases, like the passive one which mothers give to their babies. I mean, it's within, but even that's when babies are born. We still introduce it to them for them to elicit their own immunity. And so you might want to wait, but you can't tell whether your child will survive it or not mm -hmm. if they are infected with the disease. So it's a probability game you don't want to play because exactly. you can't tell. And the rate at which they will die from the disease is higher than survival. Okay. So why would we want to go on that tangent? Right. Okay, so you have some education here on whether natural immunity is better. Well, that's a myth. Okay, now, there are those who also believe that, okay, you can give the vaccines, but for the first one year, that's too much for a child to handle. <laughs> that's just too many vaccines for a child or a baby to handle. But it's within those one year two that they are very fragile, they are prone, their immunity is very low. And so if we don't give them that, um, this active immunity from the vaccines we are giving, the chances of babies not surviving the disease when they are infected is high. And so the earlier, the better. Mm.
Yes. Okay. The next one is vaccines can give children the diseases we are trying to prevent. So there are those who say that I took a shot for influenza, but I'm beginning to feel the symptoms or show the symptoms, feel the symptoms, show the signs of influenza. So, cause 90, Anna. So usually when babies or children are vaccinated, they can be exposed to the disease, but then they will, uh, in some cases, they will suffer a very mild form of it, unlike okay. if they hadn't been vaccinated at all. Okay. And then in some cases, they will not get the disease at all. Okay. Because I know adults who have come in to take chickenpox vaccine because they have never gotten chickenpox and they don't want to get it. Babies will always elicit certain kind of immunity from vaccinations. And what happens is, as I said, the body goes through certain kind of fights to give the immunity it desires. And as it is going through, they can, you can fall sick. You can, that's where the temperature comes in and all mm -hmm. the adverse events. But it is uh, the body's way of fighting with or generating the antibodies Okay. To build the immunity. Okay. And then, in some cases, they will get it before they are exposed. And right. so, yeah. But then, babies can be exposed to... So, I, I say that you can be vaccinated but not get immunity. And you can get immunity but without vaccination. Okay. Because when we give the vaccination, there's a certain thing we're looking out for. It's a cold chain. When you break the chain you alter the potency of the vaccine. And so you would have given the vaccine all right. But because you altered the potency of the vaccine, the child may not get the desired immunity. And though vaccinated, child can still get the disease. How do we alter the potency of the vaccine? Usually it's going to be done by the health worker. Okay. So how we handle the vaccine. Okay. That's how come it's always in a cold box. And some parts is done by the parents. When we immunize, it's within a certain temperature, plus 2 to plus 8. We say that, okay, when you notice a swelling, reddening, or anything, put ice on it. Some will go and rub kerosene. Yes, some will rub shea butter. Some introduce hot items, oh, and then okay. you alter the potency of the vaccine. It's not just altering. You are going to cause a reaction at the injection site. Because they are not just they massage the place and kerosene. <laughs> them I have not heard that before. Oh, they do a lot of things. Mm. In fact, they do a lot of things. Oh, now since we are now the year so now my mother says I I've heard a lot because mm. I've worked in a rural area before. I've worked in the city. I've I've, I've done every bit some, so I know <laughs> of the things they can put on it. Yeah. Don't do this. That's what they are doing. And when they come, they won't tell you this is what I did. Okay. So they'll make it look like, oh, adverse event following immunization. Then your head is like, because there are forms you need to fill. We need to trace that particular batch of vaccine. Yeah. Because if it's something that we have to recall that batch. And then all the FDA investigations, we have to, we want to, it's, it's a whole lot of things. So when we give instructions that, okay, if mm -hmm. the, you notice any reaction, let's say reddening or hardening of the put ice on it if it's not subsiding report back and then let us manage it for you because in some cases it ends up in abscess well we end up in the theater for incision and drainage because okay. we have to incise or open up the site take whatever passes there drain it and then 
when we could have and they won't tell you this is what i did mm. please the abscess uh, for for those of you who are not too familiar like it's a localized uh, swelling uh -huh. of the injection site <laughs> yes usually right and the hardening from the five in one the one they take at six weeks 10 weeks and 14 weeks is it's very common okay. but then all you need to do is to apply your cold compress yeah. and then it's a, a suit or subsidize okay we're we left with the last point on the truth or myth but since you've brought in the the bit of the aftercare for immunized children let me just find out from you and um, there are those who believe that before the child even takes the injection and um, there are some things you can give them or there's a way you can prepare them so that the the impact or the effect of the vaccine is not as serious <laughs> so if you're not sick why are you taking medication Okay. We give the pain medication to go and act on something that is happening in the child. Okay. Vaccine hasn't been introduced yet, and you've given your para or your pain antipyretic already. What is it acting on? Mind you, all the reactions babies get from vaccination, it is not every child. You're right. And so if you hurriedly go and give the para syrup and your child may not even react at all what have you done you're just giving nothing a, a medication which is not going to do anything in there and it it will become a, a tossing in them because if you're doing exclusive i know of someone doing exclusive breastfeeding and so when we even give the immunization she won't give oral power she will give Put suppository. suppository. She doesn't want anything <laughs> to over, like, her, like her exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> you know. So, and when we give the vaccine, the reaction doesn't occur instantly. Okay. And so there's still time that you can always give your pain medication after the uh, antigen or vaccine has been introduced into the child. And never before. So you recommend that we do it after. And that is even if the child develops because the fever. The fever doesn't come sudden. You feel some warmth, then you give. It goes to act on it as at the time it is happening. Mm. But if you give way, and they some give hours before they come because they think that is what is going to prepare the system, it will wear off. And so by the time the pain is setting in and you are giving another one, it is now going to kick in because the first one had worn out earlier than you anticipated. Mm. And in some cases, we ask you to do tepid sponge where you do lukewarm water. And mind you, you have to start from the feet. Oh. You don't start from the head. Okay. By the time it gets up here, it would have registered. But when you start from the head, the child can startle. And if there's high temperature, the child can convulse. You're, you're learning a lot here on Baby Doctor, and that's why this show has been put together. So for those of you who um, prefer to, uh, as we say, sponge your child when they have a temperature, please always start from the feet. And uh, what, should the, what should the temperature of the water be? Oh, it should be lukewarm. It lukewarm. shouldn't be that cold water. Okay. Because you, so when you put cold, when the child has temperature and you are applying cold water it's like your car having overheated and you are pouring an iced yeah you will shut the system and it's not good okay but when you bring in a lukewarm water and you should always test it with the back of your hands mm. not in your palm okay back yes so okay. that you know that it's a bit look it's not too hot it's not too cold okay and it will still bring the temperature down okay so but it, it, it goes like it neutralizes the 
the temperature that's already in the system. So as the child's temperature drops, can I increase it from lukewarm to a little bit cooler and cooler? We want a tepid water. Okay. And the tepid is lukewarm. Okay. Very not hot, not cold. Okay. So to our last uh, point on myth versus truth, better hygiene can prevent infections compared to vaccines. And so wash your hands, cover your nose, don't touch your face. All the things we had to do, all the protocols we had to observe in addition to getting a COVID vaccine. There are those who believe that. Why not just do those ones and avoid introducing certain elements into your body that they think, um, you know, you can do without? Hygiene in general is the best thing. Nonetheless, you will be doing all that you have to do as in observing all the personal and environmental hygiene is your neighbor doing same okay and that it still puts you at a risk because if you're doing it i'm doing it then it gives us a a room not to worry but just as you're doing it someone is not look the year covid came and they were locked down we didn't record any cholera outbreak everybody was washing their hands everybody was now we've thrown all the cautions to the wind and we're getting some outbreaks which we didn't record within the year that we're battling COVID because hand sanitizers, hand washing, like everybody wearing shaking hands, wearing the distancing. But now we've thrown all the caution and we will, we will not all act same at the same time. Okay. And so we protect ourselves the better or we prevent ourselves the better and prevention has always been better than cure as we say prevention is better than cure and for me prevention is my business because i keep saying i may not live to survive it if i am infected and so if there's a way i would prevent it i would want i wouldn't want to get it at all than because being sick is not fun mm. it's never fun and so, and especially when your child is sick, you are equally sick. Look, if your child needs to, it's not a pleasant thing to go through. Child has flu, can't breathe, it's so restless. And the caution here is that flus are viral infections. And so, giving antibiotics mm. is another thing, which is a no no because. It's not a bacterial infection. Please don't abuse the antibiotics. Well, uh, I'll be back to wrap up the conversation. But here are your tips for today. Hope you learned something from them. Tidbits on vaccination. Use an ice pack or cold compress when you notice swelling and redness at the site of injection. Remember to always make time for your next vaccination appointment. Ensure that your child is fully immunized. Remember, prevention, they say, is always better than cure. And those were your tips for today. Quickly in wrapping up the conversation, let me just say a very big thank you to LMS Health. LMS Health is located at 10A Volta Street at Airport Residential Area, very close uh, to the National Service Secretariat. You can also call them on 024 
6868. And uh, Nanekia is with LMS Health. She is a nurse and a midwife. And she'll just run you through the important vaccines they have available for your children uh, so you can make an informed decision on your child's health. Nanekia. So aside all the government vaccines, which we do, we have vaccines for influenza, that's the flu, and then we have chickenpox, we have hepatitis A, we have cholera, we have typhoid fever vaccine, yes, and then the meningitis vaccine, we have all the strain. We have the MMR, the one with the mumps, and then we have the Gardasil vaccine for HPV, even in Goon, okay. or older children, and right. so anytime you can come in there. All right. Danica and her team will be looking out for you. Do give them a call. Do visit them uh, at the airport residential area. Tell them you watch the baby doctor. And uh, who knows, there'll be a nice package for you. Well, before I go, let me also say thank you so much to Azel Vogue for my dress. You can find Azel Vogue on Instagram. And uh, you would find the name uh, coming up on your screen shortly. Or you can contact Azel Vogue on 244 and also a big thank you to Think Media, where you're bringing you the show from. All your media work, creative, event organization, anything you need creative-related, find Think Media, and they will be able to sort you out. Well, it's time to say goodbye, but you know we are always interactive. Do find us on Facebook, Baby Doctor is the name, and my name is Bernice Abu Dulansa. always serving you the best when it comes to the health of your baby and your child, because happy children always make happy homes. See you in our next episode. Take care. <laughs> Hi, Larry Elder here. I never really thought much about how aches and pains can reduce a person's quality of life until pain started keeping me from living my best life. Just a few years ago, using the stairs was difficult because of the back pain. Then I found Relief Factor, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains. Within a week, I was on my way back to being pain-free. Now I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every single day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and the other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better. Move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than a half a million others. Get started today with your three-week quick start for only $19.95. About 70% go on to order more because it worked for them. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. relieffactor.com. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. Thumbtack is the app that makes it easier to care for your home. Pull out your phone and in just a few taps, search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Download Thumbtack and start caring for your home the easier way.
I saw my husband and my mother having sex in our living room. I had always suspected my wife. I felt she had something doing with my little brother. And I walked into a room one day, and there they were making out. And this is my blood brother. Husband, who is a banker, will not have sex with me because I deny him my anus. Is he gay? I've been wondering. What is your story? What secret is eating you up? Why are you having continual sleepless nights? Do you need help? Share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on Prime Morning beginning this September. Drop your stories on our WhatsApp number 055-157-5757. Remember, a problem shared is a problem half solved. And every problem has a solution. Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitats undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown crane, mara, silky chicken, yalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults, this price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. The butcher's registration The Electoral Commission is making preparations for voters' registration exercise from 12 September to 2nd October 2023 to enable citizens who have turned 18 years or persons who have not previously registered to visit the EC office in their district and register as a voter ahead of the upcoming district-level elections 2023. 
The registration exercise is in line with the Commission's mandate to compile the register of voters and revise it at such periods as may be determined by law. Every eligible Ghanaian should visit the EC office in their district and present their Ghana card or passport for inclusion in the voters' register. Applicants who do not have a Ghana card or passport are required to bring two persons who are already registered voters to guarantee their registration. Do not register again if you have lost your voter ID card. Replacement of voter ID cards will start from 3rd October 2023 after the registration exercise. Transfer of votes will also be done from 3rd October to 9th October 2023. It is a criminal offense for a guarantor to guarantee for more than 10 people, non-Ghanaians and persons who are not 18 years of age. Guarantors who violate this provision will be prosecuted. The voter registration exercise is part of efforts to ensure credible, transparent and peaceful elections in Ghana. Register to vote. Your vote is your power. The voter registration exercise 2023 is here with us now. So I came home earlier than I normally would that fateful Monday after work. And to my surprise, I saw my husband and my mother having sex in our living room. I had always suspected my wife. I felt she had something doing with my little brother. And I walked into a room one day and there they were making out. And this is my blood brother. A husband who is a banker will not have sex with me because I denied him my anus. Is he gay? I've been wondering. What is your story? What secret is eating you up? Why are you having continual sleepless nights? Do you need help? Share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on Prime Morning beginning this September. Drop your stories on our WhatsApp number 055-157-5757. Remember, a problem shared is a problem half solved and every problem has a solution. Welcome to this week's edition of the 77% with me, Liz Show. I was away for a while, but now I'm back and I'm thrilled to be your host today. Coming up on the show, 
In our street debate, Edith Kimani asks young people about the state of women's rights in Rwanda. We meet Barbara Nasserian, one of the first female tour guides in Kenya's famous Masai Mara National Reserve. And we take off with Uganda's youngest pilot, Graham Shema. This week, I read a pretty shocking statistic. Less than 1% of women and girls globally live in a country with high women empowerment and high gender equality. Less than 1%. That's according to the UN Development Program. Well, one country where women at least appear to have advanced in terms of getting equal rights as men and holding high leadership positions is Rwanda. But what does that achievement mean, especially given that most power still lies within the hands of one man, President Paul Kagame? Edith Kimani went searching for answers in this week's street debate. Hello and welcome back to the 77%. This week we are in Kigali, Rwanda, also known as the land of a thousand hills. More recently, it's come to be known as the best place for women in politics. And that's because over 60% of parliamentarians here are women. That's compared to just over 20% globally. So you can see what the big deal is. But we're here to investigate if there's a trickle-down effect. How do the women in this country feel about that? Has there been any change? And what can we as the rest of the globe learn from this country? Who else to help me answer those questions? But some Rwandans and today we're going to begin with a member of parliament just give us a, a, a talk back in history how did we get here how did we get there it all started by political will to change things you know our country is marked with a dark history of genocide against Tutsi where millions of population were killed because they were Tutsi so when the genocide was stopped uh, big measures were taken to transform the country so it started by eradicating in a country whatever discrimination exists. Mm -hmm. uh, so just for the benefit of our audience who's global, the genocide against the Tutsis left a big part of the population unfortunately murdered and nearly 60 to 70 percent of the remaining population were women, right? So before that, what was the state of affairs for women in this country? How was it like? Yeah, so first of all, women couldn't own land. They couldn't inherit it. So if, suppose there was a widow and her daughters, none of them could own land, even when they owned it before, uh, when their father was still there. Also, you needed a written permission or consent by your husband to get a job or to open a bank account. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> That's how far we, we were. So on the land issue, in 2019, uh, uh, surprisingly, more women owned land than men. Wow, so there's been a radical shift, you would say, since then. How would you describe the state of affairs for you guys? When I was younger, there were less women driving cars. I remember when I was young, I used to count three. There were three women. I remember the colors of their cars. <laughs> so I used to clap whenever they would pass by. And now you can't. Yeah. It's too many. It's, you you, you, you would spend clapping. the whole day. Okay, Moses, uh, speak to me about it. I think that um, it's true. But also, let's not forget that part of the reason why there was a political will to give rights and equality for women in this country is because women are fundamentally the right 
population or demographic if you want to do peace and reconciliation. Sure. And it has been proven if we wanted, especially after the genocide, women have contributed 60% of what conversation and building this country the way it is. I want to know, you know, if you were raised in this country by, say, men who enjoyed a patriarchal system, how are you different from, say, your father's generation or your uncles? Uh, I think we're raised from in the situation where our mothers are everything. Our big sisters were like our mothers and our mothers were like uh, our fathers. Yeah. So they are everything to us. We're against with anything which put them behind. Mm. So, so you're definitely new mind, new thinking, yeah. new generation. Okay, Aisha here from WY, uh, YWCA. <laughs> you were snapping. Yeah, tell it me, is sounding me. like if we have arrived mm -hmm. while we are still on our way. And going back in rural area, you might find still women there who doesn't know what we are saying. Here in Kigali, and a simple example, there is a, a higher level of teenage pregnancy in Rwanda now and one of the issues you might see it's because of men they don't understand gender equality they don't see the effect or impact of impregnating someone while for them the life will goes on uh, and I wanted to add that congratulations Rwanda for 61% uh, because representation is very important for young girls who are growing up to know that they can make it into those rooms. However, it's very important to also question exactly, which is the topic of today, what does actually those numbers represent? Uh -huh. And what are the women in those seats actually doing? Because we usually misunderstand numbers because you think if a woman is in a the position, they represent women. But because... Uh, well, which is not because just I'm a woman it's like if you see a woman who's leading a certain company it does not mean that everything the decisions they're making they're making them for the sense of women mm -hmm. uh, let me, oh, okay there was a question directed to you right which is there are the women in those seats which is yourself but what are you doing for the women seven years ago I was like my sisters questioning MPs what are you coming to do what are you doing for us? But that space of talking to them, of showing them you have opportunities, grab them, use them. I grabbed it. Now I'm sitting with them, telling them. I know in 2013, you enacted a law giving land rights to women. But we are seeing men owning land behind women's back. What can we do? Then, 2021, we amended that same law because there were gaps. You see, uh, I'm saying it because to say women empowerment and women equality, it's a progress. Mm. You know, today you may achieve this, but tomorrow you find that there is a gap. So, Delise, Delise works for Resonate or with Resonate, which is uh, an organization that helps deal with these challenges that we're talking about. Yes. Do the women believe that they belong in these positions? And not just the members of parliament, but like CEOs, directors, uh, do they own that? That's what I was about to say. Mm. The quotas that we have, so we'll have 30% of women in whatever position you're supposed to be in, yes. But because we grew up in a patriarchal um, society where everybody tells you you don't deserve to be there mm -hmm. or you don't have anybody who looks like you there so you are in a room we were talking about this earlier we are, you're in a room you're just one woman 30 men what can you say mm -hmm. and everybody will go oh you're just a woman so i think in addition to the policies the strategies the everything we're doing 
we need to get the women to have that click in the mind that goes, yeah, I actually deserve here, this. I need some solutions now. How do we close the gaps that exist? Aisha? Uh, I would say, first of all, we need women and girls' empowerment in their mindsets, socially, economically, politically. We need to empower girls and feel confident about it. Second, we need men engagement. We need to be at the same level of understanding. Like what I understand is what they understand. Mm. If I feel like I can be a businesswoman, a man should understand it the same way, not feeling that I was given. Mm. Actually, I wasn't given. I deserve it. Okay, fantastic. And finally, because we started with you, I'd like to wrap up this conversation with you. At the beginning, we asked if you feel there's a trickle-down effect. Obviously, from your work, you have an idea. But based on this conversation, what do you think could be done more? We still have a long way to go. It's a continuous work. We know that women do as... Society expects her role to be... And in case you haven't noticed, we are all about gender equality and women empowerment today. At the Embu River Camp in the heart of Kenya's Masai Mara, Barbara Nasarian is overcoming gender barriers by being one of the first female tour guides in the park. The 22-year-old's life choices defy her Masai community's strict patriarchal norms. I receive a lot of resistance from... Um, First, my dad, because you know he was actually the topmost of the people or of the male that I'm supposed to respect. Then again, for my brothers, and then now the entire uh, all male actually. At the age of nine, her father wanted to marry her off for a dowry, but she refused. She eventually fled to a rescue center. The woman in the Maasai community is viewed as a trade uh, thing because you know when a woman is born. A baby girl is born in the uh, at uh, at home. The f- dad is happy because he knows, of course, he's seeing cows. So you know, uh, for us, there is bread price that is being paid, and when that is paid, it is an exchange of the girl with cows. So, for you, when you really grow at an age of about nine to twelve, that's when now another person can come and talk to your dad, and then, of course, you can be married off. Nasserian grew up in Narok, west of Nairobi, just a few kilometres away from the Masai Mara National Park. She used to herd livestock and often encountered wildlife. That's where her passion began. I saw that guiding field was a male-dominated field, and as per what I went through, actually, I really wanted to show my strength, and all that I thought was for going for something extraordinary that really... It's a bit of a challenge for, not really a challenge, but a lot of people really still have that perspective that it's just for males. Women leading the charge in the tourism industry is not a common sight in Kenya. Overcoming challenges and prejudice, these women at Embo River are trailblazers, and they're turning heads in the heart of the Masai Mara. Over 50% of their employees are female. Together they're working to change the narrative about the role of women in the Mara community. Anasiria is such a hard worker. She's actually currently the head of department and she has a team of male and she's able to manage their plans and she's able to lead them uh, in a way that they respect them, uh, considering that most of her team members are from the Maasai community, which at some time they did not regard the women empowerment and uh, women in leadership positions, but she's able to turn this around and be able to be a voice for women in Maasai Mara. 
But Nasserian's courage to break cultural norms has also come with its fair share of challenges. Her life choices were not well received by her family, at least at first. But she has gradually shifted the perception of her community. Um, my dad really now is a happy dad, and he is now supporting fully what I do, and he's even encouraging more ladies actually out to do whatever I'm doing. And for now, actually, my younger sisters don't really have that um, hard time of going to school. In fact, now he is forcing them. If you don't really want to go to school, you will have to go, because now he's really seeing that value in a woman. So it has really changed his perspective completely. Nasserian continues to grow in her journey as a guide. She plans to keep pushing boundaries and changing norms by inspiring the next generation of women. Now, your gender may not be the only thing people may use to judge you and your capabilities. Age can also be a factor. But Graham Shema from Uganda is proof that we should never underestimate or exclude people from certain professions just because we think they are too young. Graham is just 10 years old and already a pilot. His story is unbelievable, and we had the chance to be exclusively on board for his first flight as captain. Hello, my name is Graham Shema. I'm 10 years old, I'm the youngest pilot in the world and the founder of Aviation Aspiration Lab for Kids. I like being in the air, it, it just feels like I'm a, I'm a mighty man. Just talking at the beautiful news. I just went to YouTube and searched and how airplanes work. Everything was in one video. Then I searched them separately, and yeah. Uh, the hardest, I would say, is the cockpit. You know, the cockpit is one place, so it was very hard to learn because, I'd say, you, you need to know this, this, that, how it lands, how it takes off, all of that. The easy parts were the outside of the plane, the rats, APU, mm, the wings, the rudders, the elevators. The first time, it was quite scary. Because the time I was still six, I, they couldn't let me touch the controls. Because they know I would be, I was a little, not a little playful, but a little playful. So now I'm serious. Along with many uh, kids, you know, who are excited about flying, but uh, none who is as intentional as he has been or he is, you know. He, he wants it. He knows what he's into. He knows what he's coming for. And the rest are coming for a joyride, you know. And he knows what he's doing. He knows the controls. He knows the flying. He knows the areas. He knows when he's making a turn, you know. I'd say, dream big and, and you can make it. So, don't turn yourself down. If you turn yourself down, it's actually, it's actually 
affecting you, not anyone else but you. Dear parents, believe in your children. Never put them down, never say you can't do this. Never say that you're a girl, that you can't do this, you can't make it, you can't be a pilot. But you need to support your children, not put them down. I would like to be the first Ugandan to go in space and touch the moon. <laughs> wow, to me, this is the best story of the week. And if Graham should ever fly long distance, I can recommend a beautiful city in Nigeria as his destination, Ile Ife. It's located in the southwestern part of the country, and we're lucky to have traditional music artists. <laughs> Okay, this is the long haul. Chief one, chief one, chief one. So you you stand here? Yes, normally you stand here. The DJ somewhere here. Okay. The speakers here, and they'll be playing it loud. That's, that's all. I haven't used. Are you? How 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 was? Let me let me see. You wanna sit down? Yeah, we we have to we have to sit down. Okay. How was? How was? Uh, can I sit here? Okay. Chief can sit here. Okay. Chief can end. sit here. Right. Okay. Oh well. I miss this. <laughs> yeah, we're back. How many yeah. years now? Yeah, it's, it's been long. How many <laughs> years now? Oh, just, I think, six years. Six years. You know, the, um, the bit about education, you know, uh, back in the days, usually, um, when we when we set off to, to, to become whoever we want to become, yeah. usually music or entertainment is not really part of yes, the, you know, plans. the, uh, the, the plans. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, you have uh, worked your way out of that. You haven't ha I, I know that I've asked you this question, whether um, music has always been, been, been it, the goal. But when you were growing up, you didn't think that um, you wanted to do something else apart from uh, this entertainment business that you're in? No. Yes. No. Normally we do hustle, mm. gather money, and record. When you say hustle, hustle. You tell know, me about... Here in Ijopi, the only hustle is tomatoes. Right. We not farm, but we offload right. tomatoes. You know, people do come from way far and they will load tomatoes and you afford it or you load it. Right. You understand? So that's when you go one, two, three, you have some little coins and you gather you go and, and you record. record. Way back, you know, my people, they love me. Even my, my teachers, sometimes they do give me money to go and record. Wow. Yes. So I you have some teachers here. Any name? That, any name that comes oh, to comes This to name, answer. I'm forgetting it. I'm forgetting the name. I'm sure they will appreciate yes, you. Yes, yes. Uh, Madam Gifty. Okay. Madam Gifty, yes. And one teacher here, like, it, it's a nickname, Madafaka. Okay. That's the name, Madafaka, yeah. He do give me money, oh, go and run your things. But why do you think so? Because they love me. You know, anytime entertainment, not just here, way back my 
primary school, school. to JHS. I attended this thing to uh, Governor Preparatory School to go back to our the entertainment Perfect. prefect. So anytime I'm going on stage, it's a different vibe. They love me. The vibe is different. They love to see me more. They know I'm doing something different. Mm. You understand? So they, they got that dream clear way back. Way Not back. today, yeah. Mm. They got it clear, yeah. As an entertainment so. prefect here as your P senior high school, mm. what was your role, your main major role, apart from you performing and, and leading, you know, the whole my, activities? Way back, my aim was to let people hear of my school way back. Mm. You understand? So even, uh, inter, you know, inter-schools, I do represent my school for rap battles and okay. all those stuff. I have a couple of friends. We go and meet other schools. This school, this school was very young. At that time? Yes, at that time. So I do, I project my school with the badge, everything, go around, perform, mm. you know, pull crowd and all those stuff. That was it. And the, 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 the dream was to see people from this school mm. making it in the creative world, yeah, like musician or mm. some something like that, uh, actors, movie actors mm, who come yeah. out from this side, you understand? So that that was all. It, it's been seven years since you you left school. Have yeah. you seen you know any of the dreams that you mentioned come come through apart from um, you, you, yourself? I, yes, I think Gati promised now is a media person working uh, at uh, V1 TV and other. Wow. A distance. So I think that's that's the only one I can remember. But, because yeah. a lot of people they are doing great. Just yeah. like I can't check on most of them I even forget Forgo them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's been years. And do do you by any chance have you like a favorite subject back here in school? Favorite subject, mm -hmm. I think English. Okay. Yes. English should be a favorite. And, 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 and any challenges from, from here as, as a student, as the very first student who has been registered in school? Yes, a lot. But I, <laughs> my life, I don't see it as a challenge. It's okay. just a process I'm, I'm passing through. Well, if you, if you share the challenges, you, know, you can share an answer you know to memory, the challenge. You, way back, you were like, ah, can I share memory with mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. You know, I was currently with one of the teachers way back. But entertainment nights, as I climb stage, this teacher spread me a lot of money. Mm. We were not okay before the, that night. Right. Yes. Right. I said Dali. said Dali, yeah. But he spread me money and everybody was happy. I was happy as well. So, so, so uh, from what you're saying or from the conversation so far, yeah. I deduced that you, you've had a lot of support yes, that's for it. this uh, music business that you want yes, to, or, or you're embarking on, or yes, you're still on. Yes. You have a lot, a lot of support and yeah. you have the passion yes, for well, it. Yeah. Let's talk about your songs. Um, uh, what was your first song? I can't remember. Mm, but how because many songs? Because way back, even uh, uh, primary... You know, my, my grandmom was a teacher. Mm. She's no more, do rest, rest in peace. Yeah. Anytime she bought a, a tape and that cassette, the one the that, time. you know, you can press record. Yeah. I'll gather my friend, they'll be doing like this, and I'll be singing, I'll be recording down. 
and we'll be playing over, over, over and over. Way back then. Mm. So I have a couple of songs. Way, way, way back. I can't even remember. What genre That's of music thing. do you do? I'm a versatile artist. Right. I know, you know, I believe music is a business. Mm. And you have to know how to switch, entertain your people, your fans. You don't have to leave your fans boring, you understand? So I'm a versatile. I can do anything. Mm. I do anything. I sing, I rap. I'm a hardcore rapper. I sing. I can sing and it will touch your heart. You understand? So it's a business. And, and your songs, what, what, what inspires your song? For instance, uh, the Toyota that well, is Norm making normally, waves normally, now. Normally, I'm, I'm for the streets, you understand? Okay. I do talk for the streets more. But Toyota is just a vibe. Okay. The vibe that came was in the studio and the vibe came. You understand? So, I was just appreciating the beautiful ladies in Africa, not only in Africa, worldwide, God's creation. So that's all. Ebe me Togo jeans. Yeah, I'm concerned. That's my camo. Yeah, you know. Yes, that's, so that's that society. That particular society. song. Society. What Anything yeah. you do, they they'll will talk, talk about it. Anything you do, they'll talk. So you just have to be you, do you. You can't be like anybody. You are you. No matter how. You just have to keep learning, working on your own self. That's all. You can't be like another person. So, no, even if you buy these jeans right now, mm. the moment that, that friend don't like you, she or he or she will be like, oh, this one is fake. fake. So, but if in case you're a woman be that, those things get into your head, you you not last long on earth, you understand? You think, that means you think about people. What people say, so you don't have to live for anybody. You are you. Mm. Last, last, you go solo. No matter what, anything we are doing now, last, last, you are going solo. Right. So you don't have to think about those things. That, that's me. Mm. At what point in your life uh, did you realize that you've made it or I'm out? Because you had uh, you you said Popular. a lot about. Some. I started, you know, very young and. Yeah. You started right here yeah, yeah. in you know, school. At you, what point did you think that the world is now listening to I, you? I don't think I made it yet. Okay. I have a big name, both Ghana, Togo, Côte d'Ivoire. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.